All right, well, we've been in a series for some time uh, called By Grace Through Faith. So we're going to look at Ephesians 2. Uh, Ephesians 2, we're going to pick up where we left off last week, covered some things. So we're going we're to reiterate some of those things, um, review, and then we're going to go further in the same area. By Grace Through Faith. Ephesians 2, uh, let's go, let's read verse 1. It says, And you he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins, and whence you once walked according to the course of this world, <clears throat> according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we once conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, who were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. So we were once, he's saying, God made us alive who were once dead, just like everybody else, he's saying, just doing what everybody else does. Verse 4, But God, who is rich in mercy because of His great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. See, by grace you have been saved, it says there. <clears throat> Verse 6, And He raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now this is talking about spiritually. Spiritually, if, if we've been born again, the Bible calls it, or been saved, the Bible calls it, or what you're in right relationship with God is what that means. The Bible calls it multiple things, but what it means is that you have been, you are in right relationship with God. What does that mean? You've accepted what Jesus did. You see, it's, people say, well, why does God send people to hell? God never sent anybody to hell. The hell, hell is made for the devil and his angels. God has an adversary called Satan, and Satan is going to lose, and he has lost, big time. And he hates God. He used to be one of the angels of God, but he messed up. He rebelled against God. How stupid is that? To know and to walk with the Almighty and then decide that it was a good idea to rebel. After seeing his power, that's deception. But to see, the Bible then calls... Satan, the, the father of lies. The Bible calls him a deceiver. He's a liar. He's the father of it. So he got thrown out of heaven, and so he goes about, his end is sealed. If you read Revelation, he, he's already lost. And he knows it, but he hates God, and he hates people. And so he, he goes about deceiving and his end is already sealed. He's already going to be thrown into the lake of fire. But if he can get people to believe him, he'll take people with him. But men have been given a free will. We've been given a free will to receive what Jesus did. Jesus came and he took back what, the, what, what Satan had. He had tricked man into bowing his knee. It'd be like a con. You know, somebody on the streets gets you to do something that legally they had no right you know, you see uh, identity theft and stuff. They have no right to that, but they, you know, I got, we were getting this call, I don't know how many times these people were calling over and over. Taught, you know, your, your Microsoft account has expired and, you know, we're going to shut it down. And, you know, I have a background in software to begin with. I'm like, idiot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're not picking it up. You know, and I, you've seen, you've, have you ever seen these YouTube vi uh, videos of somebody that, you know, pranks the prankster. They go in and start scamming them, and they try to connect their computer, and they actually connect to the other guy's computer and messes with them. 
I haven't done that. You know, you want to sometimes. You just want to be like. Anyway, but if one of these people, they don't have any right. I don't even, I know where my licenses are. I know you're clueless. They were calling the church saying, you know, we're going to shut off your national grid account. Well, we don't pay that. The landlord does. And you're, we they're just picking up some phone number. It's like, we don't, you're, go away. But if I were, if I would bite and go, oh, you're going to shut down my account. Well, here's my credit card number. And I give it to them. Well, um, they gained access to something because I was stupid. Not because they had a right to it. Well, that's what, they, that's what Satan did. Do you realize men had dominion? The Bible says God created men on this earth and gave, them domi- gave Adam dominion over the earth. And Satan came in and duped him and said, you know, God isn't really all that nice as he's acting like. You know, he's hiding something from you. Why did he tell you not to eat of the fruit? You won't die. So he said, you'll, you'll die. Well, you won't die. So he's lying. See, your account's expired. See, go with me and give me your credit card. He's like, oh, no, just take the, just do this. What is it? Is it, it's rebellion. He is getting them to walk into a trap. And by doing that, they yielded themselves to Satan and put themselves under. They, he became the Lord and they died spiritually. So now, Mankind needs a savior. So this is why. See, it's legal. It's not, oh, we're going to make up some religion and try to work our way to God. This is a legality thing. See, if you messed up and gave your credit card and you had to unwind, you'd have to unwind it legally. But if you did enough damage and gave somebody, uh, you know, power of attorney over your account or something, you did that. The law can help you, but it's not like, oh, you messed up, do over. Wait a minute. If there's laws that have been put in case, you, did you sign this paper? Well, yeah. It was stupid, but yeah. I mean, would that get you out of a lot of contracts? I I didn't mean this. I was dumb. Is this your signature? Yes. Were you of right mind? Yes. But I didn't want to do it. Oh, how many times have people heard that? See, you can't call do over. And if that's true, we know this is true in this life. Well, in the universe... God can't go and go, oh, he was stupid. He didn't mean it. Adam, get in the back. I'll I'll take care of this. He can't do that anymore. What if your son or daughter did something really dumb? You would have to work within the law. You want, your heart wants to help them. Your your heart wants to get them out. But you can't just go in and override the law, can you? Do you see this? This is how mankind got in this fix. So... We needed a savior legally. Jesus came as a man. That's why he had to be born as a man. But he wasn't tainted by the blood of a man. He was born of a virgin. That's real. That's critical. That's not fairy tale. This is all legal. This is, he had to come. And he did not yield to Satan. He had dominion over Satan. So he made it so that we, by believing on him, could get out. He came and didn't yield. So now, when we believe on him, we are born again spiritually. Not naturally. Spiritually, you became a new person and you were under the lordship of God. Satan, it's like you got adopted into a new family. You had this, you know, poor, abusive father and you got adopted out. Now you're in a different family. And he doesn't have any authority, but he tries to act like he does. It's like he's calling up or texting going, no, I still own you. And you're like, no, I don't. But if you're stupid enough to believe it, he can, he can do just what he would as if he did own you. Right? 
just like a con would. Well, I still, I can still, I can still do this. If, if a person knows their rights, and I'm in a different family, you're nothing to me. Shut up. Don't call this number again. I'm blocking you, and I'm going to call the police if you keep doing it. Right? That's what we have to do with Satan. But anyway, Jesus, he did this spiritually. He spiritually, he put us, raised us up together with him. Let's read these verses again and we'll keep going. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. He loved us. He, Jesus did not come to the earth for, for him, himself. He's already, he doesn't need to be saved. He's God. He never did anything wrong. He came for you and me because we needed to get out of this fix. Even when we were dead in trespasses, He made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus that in the ages to come He might show the exceeding riches of His grace and His kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. So it's going to be a long time in the future. He's going to be showing us how good He is for millennia, forever. Verse 8, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourself, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So verse 8 says, it's for by grace you have been saved through faith. And that's what we've been focusing on. It's, for, it's by grace you have been saved through faith. So just what we were talking about now. See, it's by grace Jesus came. Grace is unmerited favor. Grace is kindness shown to us. Grace is getting what you don't deserve. You didn't deserve it. None of us deserve it, but we got it anyway. That's grace. So grace, the hand is extended to us. Salvation and everything that that entails, and we'll see that. It's everything that you need from God has been extended to us, but there's another part. Man, man's part is they have to take it. Now, so if I were to go, hey, here, this is you. Now, don't, don't reach out yet, because you, you know what I'm doing. But if I were to say, hey, take this, and you're like, yeah. And I said, hey, this is yours. Take it. Let's say this is something really valuable. Take it. If she just said, just like what she's doing and just looks at me, take it, but it's yours. And she goes, yeah, okay, just dumping on me. No, you got to take it. I'm saying, but you have to take it. If she just sits there, we can go do this all day long and into next week and next year. And her life is not going to change. Change. Let's say this is something very valuable. She doesn't take it, it's there, right? This is God saying, I've already paid, paid the price. Satan in the earth is going about deceiving, saying, what? There's no God. That guy's an idiot. The Bible, a bunch of lies. This religion, notice, never mind, I'm not going to it. But there, there are lies in the earth. And God's all the time going, it's already done. You know what man does? They've made up all these religions. Well, I'm going to work my way. I'm going to work my way to get this. You can't work it. it Jesus, God's already just, he's just saying it's yours. And people are going, oh, I'm going to earn it. I'm going to get, you can't earn it. You can't get yourself out of it. You needed a Savior. But we have a Savior. But there's another part. we got to do something. Take it, right? But see, people, not just in salvation, but everything, people will say, well, God, just dump it on me. Just dump it on me. Well, God gave us a free will. we got to take it. He can't just override everything. See, that's like, we know this naturally again. 
If there were certain things that were provided for you, but let's say you had an inheritance naturally. If you're like, no, I'm not going. If it's mine, they can just bring it to my house. I'm not going to do anything. I'm not signing any papers. <laughs> Have you ever had to sign papers to get something that is legally yours anyway? What if you just said, no, if they really want to give it to me, if it's really mine, then it'll just be mine. It can just be mine your head till you die, and then you're not going to get it, right? Because you have to do something. You have to say, that's mine. My, it's not a hard thing, but you have to do it, right? It's the way it is with God. Everything. Salvation, everything. Anything that we need from God, God's, the Bible says, His promises are yes and amen. He is saying, I've, I've already provided it for you. Now, when people get into error when they say, well, if God wants me to have it, they'll just get it. If I don't have it, I guess it's not the will of God. Uh, that's like saying, you know, I know I have this inheritance, but, you know, if it's, if, if it's really their will, then it, it'll just go into my bank account. I don't have to do anything. Is it their will? Yeah. Do you have to do something? Yeah, you just got to go down and sign the paper. Well, I just, I just don't know. I mean, I don't know if they really wanted to give it to me. They gave it to you. It's legally yours. What are you going to do about it? Well, I just don't know. I just don't like it. I don't like it that it's like that. I, I'd rather it just show up in my bank account. <laughs> do you see how silly this looks? You're all, you guys are all like, okay, yeah, we get it. Go on. That's because this is the way it is with God. And we walk through life, and people bump up against this over and over. It's like, it's not happening. God, why don't you do it? We need to back up and say, and this is not putting it all on us, but there's a part that we have to do. He's provided, but we have to take. Amen. So if I'm holding this now, you can grab it. What do you do? Oh my gosh, that was so hard. I need that, because I need to look at it. I can't, that's not part of the illustration, that second part. But no, that's, the, that's what we're talking about. You see, it's by grace, God said here, by grace, faith says, I'll take it. Ephesians 2.8 in the Amplified says, For it is by grace God's unmerited favor that you are saved, delivered from judgment, and made partakers of Christ's salvation through your faith. It's through your faith. See, it's by grace, but it's through faith. Now, this is what we said a number of times. It's by, His grace has provided it, but the, the mechanism by which you get it is faith. We'll look at that some more in a second. In the New Living Translation, it says, God saved you by His grace when you believed. He saved you, but you had to believe. You had to do something. So last week we looked <clears throat> at the fact that God, what He's provided by grace, the power that's available in every area, faith is, we used a, a, a couple different uh, images Faith is the door by which the, the thing he's provided by grace, which is everything that uh, we need, that's how it comes to us. Smith Wigglesworth said this, he said, faith, we read this last week, but faith is the open door through which the Lord comes. Do not say, I was healed by faith. Faith does not save. God saves through that open door. Healing comes the same way. You believe and the virtue of Christ comes. Now, if you weren't with us last week, go back and listen to that message. We won't cover everything we covered last week, but we'll, we'll review a little bit. 
You see, it's not by faith you're healed, it's through faith. You were, the mechanism is faith by which the power flows, the door, but you, you're healed or saved by what Jesus did. If he didn't do it, there's no, nothing to receive. There's nothing to take. So the faith is that mechanism. Faith is that door. So we read, uh, we looked at Mark 5, 21. Let's look at this uh, briefly, and then, then we'll move on and look at some other examples. You turn to Mark 5, 21. <clears throat> we'll look at that. But I'm gonna, we're going to look at a couple scriptures on the way there. Why don't you put these up on the screen? Romans 10, verse 8. And then we'll get back to Mark 5, 21. You go ahead and turn to Mark 5, 21, but we'll put these up on the screen. Mark, Romans 10, verse 8 says, What does it say? The word is near you in, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So a few things here. Verse 9 says, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. See, there is an if. If you do something, then this will happen. What does it say? If you confess your with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, then you'll be saved. It doesn't say, well, God just saves everybody based on his infinite will and that's it. It doesn't say that. God has provided through Jesus the mechanism, but this is how you're saved. You believe something, you act on it, you're saying it, you're declaring it in your life, and that's how you're saved. In verse 10 it says, For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So it's with the heart you're believing unto something. And you do the same thing. Whatever it is we need from God, this is how it comes. We believe Him, what He's promised, unto salvation. Salvation is a big word. It includes its wholeness in every area. But here specifically we're talking about uh, becoming in the right relationship with God, but after you've been born again, we would say, or saved, it says here, you come into the family of God, all the benefits of, of it being in God's family are ours. But they're received by faith, just like getting into the family. Mark eleven twenty two. Let's look at that quick, because we, we covered these last week, so we're just kind of going fast. If, if you weren't with us, go back and listen to those. It'll help you. They're on the website. So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God, for assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be removed and be cast in the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Just talking about saying, like we just read in, in Romans, but also just receiving, believing. Verse 23, in the second part, it says, If, well, we'll start at the beginning. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast in the sea, and does not doubt in his heart. See, it's talking about you believing with your heart something, not your head. You don't have to understand everything. Doesn't mean you shut your brain off, but God's smarter than us, and if he said something, we'll catch up eventually. If you think you have to understand all the things of God before you walk in them, we could be waiting a long time. 
you know, honestly. See, I have a, I have a background in software. Um, I had a computer engineering degree, and I started out, you know, I went down, I had programmed a lot, and I, but I wanted to be in engineering college, so I went and I started off first semester, we were taking all these prerequisites, but I started off in the mechanical engineering, took a semester of that and said, no. No, actually I started off in double E, electrical engineering. And oh my gosh, <laughs> just even the intro class, it's the hardware, electrical engineering is the guys that, you know, make all the hardware that the software runs on. I just, there's just certain things I just couldn't get. Didn't, just wasn't clicking, but I had programmed since I was in fifth grade, but I didn't want to be in the computer science degree at the beginning, so I was in the engineering college. Then I went to, I tried, well, you know, I'll do, I still want to be in engineering college, so I went into mechanical engineering, took the intro to that, and I'm like, there's no way I'm doing this. Drafting and computer-aided, I mean, thank God for the people that do that. Then I was like, well, they have this relatively new computer engineering degree, so I could still be in the engineering college, and it's half electrical engineering and half computer science, so that's what I'm going to do. So I did that starting the fall of my sophomore year. But I had to take half electrical engineering classes, which is all the hardware stuff. And all I have to say is thank God for the people that are electrical engineers and do all the hardware. Because I'm telling you, I took some of that stuff. There's like a class that's based on quantum physics and it's the way all the electrons move and everything. I talked to the professor, I went through it. I was just like, my, I just, I don't get it. <laughs> I got all, yeah, yeah, he was like, this is so easy, and you go through it, and I'm like, I, got, I don't know, I got to be in that class, I mean, which is decent, but I'm, I'm telling you, there was just different classes in that thing, I just did not like all the hardware, the, the equations just didn't make sense as much, it just did not click. Well, you know what? I got a software, I got the computer engineering degree, which means I understand at a distance the hardware, and then I could write software, but you know what? If I got into an environment where all somebody else set up all the hardware and had, you know, I didn't have to design the chip, thank God. I didn't have to put all the circuits together, thank God. But they put a platform where the software could run, now I can roll. I understand from here up, and I understand at a distance this stuff, but you know what? I don't have to do all that stuff. If they're depending on me, it is never going to work. Never work. Because I don't, that's not my expertise. But you get it to a certain point on up, now I can, I can do my job. Well, we don't have to understand everything about the things of God before we walk in them. God is so much higher than us. If, you have, if we think honestly, we've got to understand, we've got to have it all figured out. See, this is a lie. This is from the devil. Because he knows. You're not going to understand everything, but if he can just keep you one more thing. Well, you know, you, you really don't understand this, so you can't go on with God. He can keep you in that your whole life. Do you see it? Because there's always something you don't understand. You want to, you want to, we have a discussion after this, you can explain exactly how the virgin, the virgin birth happened. <laughs> Nobody in here can, t can explain that. How did God speak? We know by his word he spoke the universe into existence. How exactly did that work? What did that look like? How was Jesus raised from the dead? You can just you can explain me exactly what was going on. Now these are things that are true. And if you could explain, if you knew, you'd say, oh, yeah, of course, it's like that. How many things have been like that in your life where I remember when I was, you know, in 
elementary school, I had a, a neighbor up the road that was taking calculus. He was like, oh, it's so hard. It's just, it's incredibly, you'll never, I don't even think this kid even took it. He heard it from his older brother. He was like, oh my gosh, you'll never get it. Well, if I tried to take calculus when I was in the fourth grade, it would have been impossible. I was just still learning what? Multiplying, dividing at that point, maybe a little further past that. There's no way. I didn't have the guns. I didn't have the tools to figure it out. But you know, by the time I got to calculus for where I was, it was just the next step. It wasn't hard. If we knew that God, the way God knows, it's not hard. It's all, it's all uh, logical. But to us, we're like, well, that's impossible. Yeah, for our understanding. See, we need to just move that right out of the way and say, God said it, that's it, I believe it. I trust you, and let's just get on, you know, with the rest of the program. Oh, I can understand this, I'm going forward with God. There are things I'm not going to understand, but what he said in his word, I can understand, and I can live this life and go forward with him. And quit being tripped up by the same thing. Well, you don't understand this, so you can't go forward. Friend, we could go our whole life like that, and Satan will keep you going around the mountain your whole life until you die, and then we're going to realize even the thought, things we thought we understood we didn't understand. <laughs> when we step off into eternity, I think there's going to be a few surprises. <laughs> oh, that's what was, oh, okay, I see what, that's what was going on. I thought I knew something. Oh, man, I'm so embarrassed. Amen? Amen. So we need to, you need to receive with your heart and believe these things by faith. So it says, what you do, and when you, when you say to the mountain, says, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast in the sea, does not doubt in his heart. That means you could have thoughts coming through your head going, what? I don't get it. And your heart's like, no, this is what God said. And if you'll go with your heart and just tell your head to shut up, you can still walk in the things of God. We can receive, and it will work. Faith will work with faith in your heart, even if you have thoughts in your head, because the devil's trying to get you to listen to your head. And say, yeah, but, yeah, but, and you say, shut up. We're going forward because we believe God. And it says then, if you believe those things you say, it, what, will be done. Next verse. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them. Where, now, where would you believe? With your heart. It says that in, in uh, Romans, and then it says, talking about not doubting your heart. You're believing with your heart, you receive them, and you will have them. See, it doesn't say you'll have them just because God decreed it. It says you'll have them because you believe something. Now let's go over to Mark 5, 21. We'll keep moving. So this up, and then I want to get further. <clears throat> but you guys are listening so well and connecting Mark 5, 21. So this is the woman with the issue of blood. And we brought out some things here, and then we'll, we'll, we'll show some other examples. It says, Now when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her, that she may be healed, and she will live. So Jesus went with him, and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Now, we're not focusing on Jairus this morning, but that was just setting the context that Jesus is walking, uh, and there's a crowd thronging him. You get the picture. There's people, you know, think of a celebrity trying to walk through a crowd. It's that type of, there's people all over trying to get to him. Verse 25, Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years, and she suffered many things from many physicians. 
She had spent all she had, but was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment, for she said, If only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Now notice what she's saying in herself. She's saying something. She's believing something. She said, If I can just touch him. She heard about Jesus. She's believing something. Now in the natural, this woman... We say natural, just normally speaking. This woman has been dealing with this issue of blood, this internal. I'm sure, you know, probably if some doctor looked at it today, they could give it a name. She's got some internal bleeding. She's gone to all the doctors of that day. They can't do anything for her. But you know, this is not in something that just happened 2,000 years ago. This happens today, does it not, with people? Different things, people, they run up against all medical, thank God for medical science, not against doctors. It, you know, if you, you, there's nothing wrong with going to doctor. Doctors are a helps ministry to what God can do uh, in the healing realm. You can go get something taken care of. You, the bottom line is be led by the Spirit of God. But you know, thank God for doctors. A lot of people that would be dead if it weren't for what doctors could do. But ultimately, there's things doctors can't do. We've bumped up against their knowledge, and they can't take care of it, and they need something more. This lady at this time, she needed something else. But she, she's got an issue of blood. She is, uh, spent all her money. She's no better. Now, in the natural, going and touching some man's clothes is not going to change that. Right? That's not like, oh, I know what I'll do. I'll go touch this guy's clothes, and then I'll be good. There's nothing in the natural touching somebody's clothes that that's going to happen. You can't see. But she believes something. She's seen Jesus, and she's heard and seen something. So she is saying, if I can touch his clothes, I'll be made well. Why? She believes there's something beyond what you can see. She's believing God, Jesus is somebody. And he has a power, the Spirit of God on him. He has access to a power, that, and he is the power, but he is walking as a man. That is beyond this natural. That's what she's seeing. That's what she is believing. So she says that, verse 29, immediately... So, verse 27, let's go back to 27, it says, When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. And it says what she was thinking when she touched his garment, and before she said, If I only may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Verse 29 Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. It, something went into her, and she was healed. Verse 30, And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out from him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? Now question, there are people touching him all over the place. Remember, he's in a crowd, they're bumping up against him. It's not the natural bumping up against him he's referring to. He says it. He said, knowing himself that power had gone out of him. He, he sent something spiritually. He's like, wait a minute, somebody touched me with faith. And something happened. Something moved. The power of God went into this woman. We'll touch more on that in a second. Verse 31, but his disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging you and you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see, so he's saying, his disciples are like, what? You're saying somebody touched you? Of course, there's people touching you left and right. What are you talking about? Verse 32, and he looked around to see who had, he or her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing that what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her daughter, your faith 
has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. So Jesus himself, he did not say, well, it was God's infinite divine wisdom that today's your lucky day and here you go, you're healed. That's what happened. He didn't say it. He said your faith made you healed. Your faith was what caused you to be well. Now let's look at this um, in the Amplified, verse 30, if we go back to what Jesus was saying, it says, Jesus recognizing in himself that power proceeding from him had gone forth, turned around immediately in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? See, he recognized that power, the power proceeding from him had gone forth. The Passion Translation says it this way. It says, Jesus knew at once that someone had touched him. For he felt the power that always surged around him had passed through him for someone to be healed. And he turned and spoke to the crowd saying, who touched my clothes? I'm going to read that again. Jesus knew at once that someone had touched him for he felt the power that always surged around him had passed through him for somebody to be healed. And there's a footnote on this. It says, this is a literal, literal reading of a unique phrase in Greek construction. It could be translated, the power that keeps going out of him went out from him. See, there was a glorious power that kept going around Jesus. And this, this was there in the spiritual realm. Couldn't see it, but you could perceive it by faith. And when she reached out and touched the hem of his garment, that power flowed into her body and healed her. Now, you, if we knew what God knows, you could explain every bit of that. You could put the science behind it, naturally speaking, whatever is covered by our natural science, but then there's a spiritual realm. And our physical laws don't necessarily apply there. And not, it's all unified in God's sight. If you were to see as God sees, you would say, this is what happened, and you could explain it, and you could, he could tell you exactly. We see that the power was there and that she was healed. And that went into her, and whatever was wrong in her body, it's done. It's corrected. Now, do you need to understand everything about that before you go, oh, okay, now I get it? No, you don't. We can walk in this now. We can believe what God said and just act in faith and believe Him and, and see the same thing happen. Mark 5.34 in the Amplified, then, just a few verses, it says, Jesus said to her daughter, Your faith, your trust and confidence in me springing from faith in God, has restored you to health. See, he didn't, say, he didn't give you the big, long explanation. He said, your faith did it. Your faith put a demand on the power that was there. See, God's grace. Do you understand everybody there could have been healed? It wasn't God pushing this to her. It was resident. She pulled on it. And this is the same way it is in every area. God's grace has provided everything we need, but it's a demand on, it's putting a demand on what He has given us that causes it to flow. In the Passion Trans Translation, verse 34 said, Daughter, because you dared to believe, your faith has healed you. Because you dared to believe. Your faith has healed you. Now we're going to look at a few more instances of this. We looked at that in detail last time. But Luke uh, 5.26, I want you to see that is not an isolated instance. 
Luke 5.26. Let's see, I just have 26. Do you have, I actually meant to read, I think I deleted the wrong thing. Do you have 17? Okay, can you go back to 17? Awesome. Now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching, there, was, there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Can you go back to verse 17? Look at this again. It happened on a certain day, he was teaching, Jesus was teaching, that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Notice that. The power of the Lord is present to heal them, it says. Now we're going to see in a minute, there's a man that was healed. But the power of the Lord was there to heal them, it says. So this just goes right along with what we read in, in Mark with the lady of the issue of blood. There was a crowd around him, and that power was not just for her. The power was there. She put a demand on it. And you're going to see right here, we're going to go through this. I want to show you some other um, examples. So my, my intent, I don't believe here, is to go through this in detail. But I'll just read you so you can see in context what happened, and then we'll get to the end, and you can see how this person was healed. Verse 18, Then behold, <clears throat> excuse me, men uh, brought a man, brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. And when they could not find... How they might bring him in because of the crowd. They went up on the housetop and let him down in his bed through the tiling in the midst of Jesus. So these people can't get in. The place is packed. And so they're like, well, we can't get in, so we're going to go on the roof and let the guy down. That's faith. How many of you know you don't tear up a roof and then let a guy, you know, you're, he's hanging, and the guy, if he doesn't believe something, he's not going to let some people hang him down through a roof. These, all of them had to believe something. Can you see their faith? They're, they're saying... If I can get to Jesus, something's going to happen. Guys, I've heard stories of people in other countries where they walk. I, I know of one person specifically. There was a, a healing meeting going on, and this person needed to be healed but couldn't get there. I mean, there wasn't any transportation. And somebody literally carried the person on their back for several miles over several days to get there. They couldn't just do it all at once, so they had to rest and everything. Got to that meeting. Thousands of people there. We're talking about in Africa somewhere. Thousands of people. And when uh, the time of the service came, and I don't even, I can't remember in that instance if they were just healing the service or they were prayed for or what, but this person was completely whole. Made well. Well, there was faith to begin with. And that, that wasn't the isolated instance. These people were coming from everywhere believing something. Not believing some hocus pocus. They were believing God is real. And if they put a demand on that power, it could change their body. See, that, you could see the faith of these people. Now we're talking, this is just some examples of healing, but this is the same in every area. That the power of God, the wisdom of God, the, the direction of God, everything that we need, we'll see this I think in a minute, is in Him, and it's just waiting for us to put a demand on Him. In other words, everything we need is, is there in Him right now, today. There isn't a problem that anyone's facing here that He doesn't have the wisdom, the power, the, what, the resources to fix. 
Well, I need money. He doesn't have that. He, you, God can give you the wisdom to make you a billionaire tomorrow if you need to be. You know, there's a process with God. Could you handle a billion dollars? What would you do with it, you know? The potential is there. Well, I have a problem in my body. Well, we're looking at a bunch of stuff like that. I have a relationship issue. You don't think God can figure that out? He already knows. You don't have to figure anything out. You do what he says and it'll work. Well, I have a problem with my child. God knows. He knows how to fix it. Well, I just don't, I don't know what to do at work. I mean, the employer situation. You don't think God can fix that? He's got word about that. His scripture and he has specific direction for you. Why didn't he just dump it on me? Same principle. God, I need you. See, people, people, but this is, this is a misnomer too. People are acting like, well, it should just all just happen if it's God's will. Why didn't God just pour it out? God operates by faith. Faith operates these things. It's people that come to him believing. That's when you see in the word something happen. Unless, every time, unless there was some specific move of, of God in the gifts of the Spirit. Now, that's a separate thing, but it always works like this. Amen. All right, let's keep moving. Verse 20, so they are believing something because they're ripping off the, the tiling and they're letting this guy down. Verse 20 says as much, when he saw their faith. Jesus could see, these guys believe something. They're trying to get to me. They believe. They're not just coming here, oh, what do you got, preacher? No, they are like, you, you I have an answer. We are bringing our friend, and he is letting himself be brought because they're believing Jesus is able to make this thing right. He said to him, man, your sins are forgiven you. The people around, the religious people didn't like that. And the, the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, who is this man, who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts... He answered and said to them, Why are you reasoning in your hearts? Which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven you, or to say, Rise up and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, Arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. You know this person was waiting for this. Because if he was in unbelief, he could have been like, I can't walk. What are you talking about? That's the whole reason these guys are there. They're just like, You give the command. And as soon as he did, what happened? Immediately he rose up before them, took what he had been lying on, and departed to his own house, glorifying God. And they were all amazed and glorified God and were filled with fear, saying, We have seen strange things today. Guys, if you saw this down the street, these things happen now. But I believe we're going to see more of them. Why? What's the, what's the, the impetus? What's the, the catalyst? Faith. Believe. You see an atmosphere charged with faith. People believe that the Bible is true today and that these things will happen today. It's putting a demand on the power of God. When that happens, things move in the natural. The power of God surges in the bodies, can correct anything. When that happens, the wisdom of God, well, just fix my family, fix. It is coming before God and saying, God, you have wisdom. I may have read 15 books, but I don't know how to fix this thing. It's broken. I humble myself before you. Lord, show me. And you put yourself in a place to demand the wisdom of God. And things can be fixed. May not happen just tomorrow, but the process can happen now. You set something in motion that it's moving, and its destination is over here. Fixed. Changed. But it's humbling ourselves and believing He has the answer. 
God has the answer. Amen. Let's look at uh, Mark 10.46. I just want to show you a few more examples of the same thing. This happens over and over. Mark 10.46, it says, Now they came to Jericho. And as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he had heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. So this guy cannot see. And he's following Jesus. Somehow. Somebody's helping him, whatever. Verse 48, Then many warned him to be quiet, and he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then then they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer, rise, he is calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? Question, if Jesus can do it, and you know it's his will, why didn't he just do it? You don't think Jesus knows? I mean, the guys, how is he coming to him? He can't see. They're bringing him to him. He knows what's wrong with him. Plus, evidently, they had garments that identified. Jesus knows, but he needs the man to put a demand on him. See, people say, well, God knows what I need. He'll just give it to me. That's, that's wrong thinking. That's not true. Now, everybody would love that that just happened, but then everybody would be saved, and everybody would walk in the perfect will of God, and we would have nothing to do with it, and there would be no faith. <laughs> And the Bible says, without faith, it's impossible to please him. So Jesus answered and said, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said, Rabbi, teacher, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received. Notice the language. He received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. Notice that. Jesus came, I mean, he came up to Jesus and said, what do you want me to do for you? He said, that I may receive your sight. And Jesus said, receive your sight. And he received his sight. And then that was it. He just put a demand on God. Now, when it says, go your, go your way, your faith has, has made you well. When it says that, that's the same word that it was when, when uh, the lady with the issue of blood, when it said, your faith has made you well. That word is sozo, which means... Salvation, it's translated salvation, it's translated made well, it's translated healed. It is to make complete. The things of God, His power is available to make complete, to make whole. It's by faith. Notice it says it's your faith that made you well, that saved you. When you see saved in the Bible, it's a lot of times this word. It's just, you've been, it's saved is not separate from healed. Not separate from delivered. It's what God has done. It's all by His grace He's provided. But faith takes it and says, that pulls it into this realm. And you see that here again. And it's the same thing. uh, In other places. Uh, Acts 14.1. I want to look through this real quick. Actually, let's look at Acts 3, and then we'll look at Acts 14. 
look at these two examples. Acts 3, verse 1. I just want to give you some, some, uh, some other places so you see this is over and over. Acts 3, verse 1. We'll read through this, this quick and... and uh, 1 through 10 quick, and then verse 16. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, and a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, who is called beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go to the temple, asked for alms, and fixing his eyes on, on him with John, Peter said, Look at us. So he gave him his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Now there was faith on Peter's part. He is saying, I'm giving you what I have. And he said, rise up and walk. He took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his, faith, his feet and ankle bones received strength. So this man, he's never walked. He's lame from his mother's womb. So this isn't like he broke his ankle last week. He's never walked. He's never, well, it says he's lame from his mother's womb here. In another place, we'll just read in a minute, this person had never walked. So he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. They all know this person. They're like, we recognize this guy. This guy's there every day. Wait, he can't walk? Wait, he is walking. And they're amazed. They're like, wow, wow. This dude, he's always, always, this is his identity. He's always been lame. And now he's walking. What does that do? People are like, what? But notice how it happened. We skip down. Verse 16, they start questioning. They, they start going, oh my gosh, these guys must be, you know, super special. And, and they're like, no, look, he said, his name, through faith in his name, they're talking about Jesus, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. See, verse 16 says, his name through faith in his name, has made this man strong. He said, this is how it happened. He's believing the name of Jesus. And something happened. A guy that's never, well, that is lame from his mother's womb, has been that way all along, now he's walking. This is how it happened. He said, it's through faith in his name. One more. Acts 14, verse 1. <clears throat> Acts 14, verse 1. Now it happened in Iconium that they went together to the synagogue of the Jews, and so spoke that a great multitude, both of Jews and the Greeks, believed. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brethren. Therefore they stayed there a long time, speaking boldly in the Lord, who was bearing witness to the word of His grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands." But the multitude of the city was divided, part sided with the Jews and part with the apostles. And when, they, and when a violent attempt was made by both the Gentiles and Jews with their rulers to abuse and stone them, they became aware of it and fled to Lystra and Derbe, cities of Laconia. 
and to the surrounding region. And they were preaching the gospel there. Notice, they're preaching the gospel. They're preaching the good news. They're preaching the fullness of God. They're preaching the message of God on the earth. That Jesus saves. That He heals. That He delivers. That He's the answer. Verse 8, And in Lystra a certain man without strength in his feet was sitting, a cripple from his mother's womb, who had never walked. So they're preaching the gospel. They're preaching something that this man is hearing. Because look what happens. This man heard Paul speaking, and Paul observing him intently, and seeing that he had faith to be healed. It says that Jesus saw those, other, those, those men's faith that, that came through the ceiling. They saw that these people believed. Here it says, Paul's preaching. Well, he's got to be preaching something about the, little, the, the deliverance of Jesus. It was just like, well, Jesus can save you from your sins and you'll be all cool in heaven. But right now, whatever state you're in, you just have to live that way the rest of your life. But you'll be saved in heaven. If he were preaching that, this guy doesn't have any faith to be healed. He's got to be saying something that would give this person faith. And Paul could see it. Paul can see him. This guy is ready. He is believing something. And Paul, but Paul knows something. He knows you having faith, you got to act on it. You need to put a demand on God. And so this man heard Paul speaking, Paul observing him intently, and seeing that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, stand up straight on your feet, and he leaped and walked. If he did not have faith, see, Paul gave him a command, told him to do this, but if he didn't believe, he could have been like, but I can't. I've never done that. What are you talking about? Me? I'm crippled. Don't you know I'm crippled? I've never walked. You're telling me to get up? But see, he had an attitude of faith. Paul could see it. And when he said get up, he got up. And when he started to get up, the power of God, that, that released the power of God, came into his body, and he got up. And he's strong. The guy's never walked. See, this is not a fairy tale. This, is, this same power is resident in this realm, in the world. It's, it's available. What's the difference? What, why, what causes it to flow? It's faith. See, the grace of God has made all this available throughout the earth. It's made available. God himself, he's not withholding from people. He's saying, like we were doing earlier, here, 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 take it. Faith comes up and said, yes, I'll take it, now I believe. And that's what just causes that, that power to flow. Amen?